Alright, fellas, so welcome to the Scrubland Podcast, episode number 70. Didn't we already record number 70? I'm sorry, episode number 71. You may have not heard episode 70. Because it wasn't released. Because it was recorded and never released. Uh, it's an exclusive that we don't know how you're going to get that yet, but if you like... Uh, Alright, so I guess we should get an update. I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> you're So you're already chilling. I mean, they're not going to give me whiskey in the Shonies. <laughs> there might not be whiskey in this All right. town. So, uh, it this is Sunday. Is, <laughs> it is Sunday. Alright, so let's back up. <laughs> let's tell a story. I'm Daniel Sale. <laughs> That's not a story. Other, otherwise known as D-Sale. I'm here with Chris Casby, who's drinking coffee at the Shonies. And Eric Brown is a conscientious objector <laughs> to being at a Shonies. No, no, no. We had other options. We had other And options. this is just where we ended up. The options were a closed strip club, we don't Chinese even know food closed. that we, we can't eat in. We didn't check to see if, if we, we could eat in there or not. <laughs> That's true. They were having a staff meeting. So... <laughs> It's probably just not open yet. It's 4 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. So, uh, we're on our way back from Grand Prix Charleston, South Carolina. And it was a standard tournament. Yep. And so I haven't played standard. Since Ooh. Black Control was good. So yeah, a year ago. so like, I mean, but I'm still on it. I'm still, pl- like, I'm still playing it. Like I mean, blue black, yeah, like blue light control is never going to be bad. That's not true at all. Like, <laughs> I no, like your assessment of blue whatever. Black control no, the return, current standard environment. Uh, well, I mean, I had to play white. I got an uncounterable wrath of god. So I mean, like black suns have rotated. So you had to fill the gap. Had to do something. I will say I snapcaster wrathed my snapcaster many times over the tournament. Oh yeah, because that was like. So wait a minute, you got all the aggro matchups. I'm just like I'm just saying like when, I wish I'd seen when they like when you play a snapcaster they just don't expect they just don't expect you to target the wrath yeah. I don't know they're like okay I guess he's getting like a it's discount like getting like, a yeah, discount forbidden another... alchemy I'm like no wrath you yeah they're like oh like, oh no you're going oh. piker you killed oh. it oh. man there are a few things that you're going to target by playing a main phase oh. snapcaster I should have countered the wrath of God or, oh <laughs> I could have I had plays. Oh. oh, I also, um, my opponent syncopated, and I paid the mana. That happened in the tournament. For like, your Supreme Verdict? No, oh. no, not for a Supreme Verdict, oh. for a Snapcaster Mage. Oh, okay. But, like, yeah. I wasn't playing the Snapcaster to, like, cast the spells, I just needed it to block. Mm. Yeah, so, he was like, ha, ah, you're not going to be able to cast any flashback stuff. It's like, great. Everything's a sorcery. Block your, uh, there's like a soulbound knight of some kind. I don't know. That's for your syncopate. There's like, yeah, there's like a bunch of varieties of of that. I think that deck needed... Human. So, okay, so you were on Esper Serrani, like... I was on a a deck that just plays Planeswalkers and doesn't care about your Thrag Tusks because you have Lingering Souls, and then you Nefala Drown Yard them to death. Right. Like, Nefala Drown Yard, in my opinion, was the card of the tournament. I saw multiple decks in a lot of different varieties playing Nefala Drown Yard, and it's simply because you can't beat Thrag Tusk play, like... You don't care if they're yeah, at 137 like, life. Yeah, like, I, no like I won a game with him at 95 life, because I just didn't care. And you that, that's what you have to do. It sucks, but, like, you just have to play a different linear. Yeah. Um... Casby, you played awful. White, <laughs> yeah, none of Casby claims that he didn't play a single game because what he was doing 
could not be considered playing magic cards? I was not, like, I beat two of my opponents accidentally. Okay, so, like, like they were, like, I played against two green-white matchups, and those are the two ones that I won, the two that I won, and I thought that with the Selesnya deck, like, I was like, okay, this seems like one of the better ones to, to kind of combat through, you know, what's going on with Dragtusk and stuff. And it, it did put up fair numbers last week, so I was like, okay, I think a lot of people are going to be on this. I think a lot of people are going to be on, like, you know, this red deck wins thing, because it's been touted as, like, being faster than Dragtusk. So I was like, okay, cool, I'll just play decks that are better, that can beat those decks. You I thought it. there was going to be a backlash. I thought there was going to be less drag tusk because there was so much before. So and we people were playing rock paper scissors and you played fire. Like no, no, fire like, would beat those. Like I was, I was he playing. Tried, he tried the next level of the meta game and got saying, Vegas like level. dirt. You went like two steps further than the meta no, game. No, I mean, I, I mean, the deck has seen it all right too. Like I, like I, I play, test, play tested against some drag tusk decks for a while. And they, they seemed fine against Thrag Tusk. It could beat Thrag Tusk. It wasn't Thrag Tusk that was an issue. It was Blinking Thrag Tusk and uh, Angel Serenity was the, the cards I had a hard time beating. And, like, I, you know, made concessions to it. You know, I played 27 lands, and I played, you know, Ghost Quarters as two of those lands to make sure that I could always turn off caverns. And I was playing a decent counter. You know, I was playing two Dissipates and a, a Syncopate to make sure I could hit trouble cards because... I don't care about Angel so much as long as I can get, you know, it's a, if they cast it, if I'm ever counter, that's fine. But you were but, really just a control deck. Like, yeah, I was just playing Planeswalkers. You had like a Nivmizit and a Drogskull Reaver to kill him. Yeah. And two, two uh, Dungeon Geist. Which, which Dungeon was, Geist did work. Uh, I thought you said Dungeon Geist was the worst card in your deck because it, well, well, it can't. For the well, it can't be, restoration. Yeah, like Dungeon Geist just looks ridiculous next to a Restoration Angel. Yeah. It's smaller. Restoration Angel's ability stops <laughs> your ability. Well, like some of the Thrag like you would need your own Restoration, Restoration Angel, Angels to make the dungeon guys really awesome. All the good awesome. ones realize that oh, all the good ones are playing Restoration Angel, so it's just literally every Thrag Test death would just play Restoration Angel now. And I was just like, well, fine. If you guys are all going to be dicks, fine. If you're all just going to play the same fucking just, cards, no. just going to play the best cards in the format. Well, like, <laughs> like dungeon guys is good against Thrag Test. It's bad if they're playing Restoration. Also, hang on. I I so just have to I just have to point out that we're at the Shonies and our. Silverware came in little plastic bags. And I'm okay with that. But it's like it's like real silverware. It's not like disposable silverware. I'm very okay with that. That's at least one comfort of eating in this restaurant. And but they don't wherever we are. Also, they didn't give a, a but, napkin yeah, like so but there's fine. like a napkin dispenser. Like so, they don't give us too many napkins. Maybe they're trusting us with our napkin using. That's really what it is. Oh God. We are going to die here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we are going to die in the show We're going to eat our food and then probably die. They're going to find we'll, our we'll dead body. Somewhere they're going to find Charlotte. Our, oh, so when they do the autopsy, they're going to look at the contents of your stomach and go, yep, I knew it. Yep. <laughs> Turkey Club. <laughs> Turkey Club, I knew it. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't bother to look at the menu. The guy told me it was good, and I mean, it's a Turkey Club. How mad could they fuck it up? Also, so hopefully in 20 minutes we get to find out how bad. <laughs> also, I mean, like I asked, she said fries or onion rings, and I was like, fruit? No, you asked for veggies. Fake, fake, yeah, fake, mixed cool. veggies? Like any anything? No, just fries and onion rings. That's all you get. That, I mean, we're in America. Well, I mean, they're so, like burgers. Like, I mean, they're burgers and deli sandwiches. Like, what did you want? I wanted mixed veggies or fruit Have or a baked potato. Have you ever a deli or ordered a burger where you got that as a side? <laughs> if, can I get a side salad? Like she I said, like, you could. I, I, we're not. I'm not going to the buffet just yet. All right. <laughs> just saying. She said you could. I haggled my way into some fruit, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. 
Eric Brown, how did, how did you feel about your, your tournament? Oh, so this was Grand Prix regret. <laughs> uh, Everyone was unhappy. I, I regret traveling to the Grand Prix. I regret playing in the Grand Prix. I regret letting one of my hotel mates talk me into the deck that I played for the Grand Prix. Great. Moneymaker talked to him. Moneymaker did talk me into the deck. Moneymaker yeah. did all right. Moneymaker you did all right. Did you do all right, not day too? I mean, is four and three all right at a Grand Prix? Yes. That's more wins than losses. So really, I was three and three because I had one box. Okay. So I did... I did average. I did I did very poorly. I played the, the blue-white flash deck, which appeared to be the most popular deck going into the tournament. Well, it won a tournament last yeah, week. Yeah, it won the Star City something last week. Boobies. Um, but I was solidly on Grixis Control and should have stayed on Grixis Control. Because you've been playing Grixis Control for months. Yeah, and I just wasn't prepared for the new metagame and just like, okay, someone give me a 75. And it was 10 minutes before the tournament and the deck was littered with problems. Like, problems like playing saving like grass. Playing saving grass, which why, was really why do we have cute this card? on the surface, but really should have just been another unsummon or another spell that did something. And I learned real quickly that I don't like that deck. I don't like playing that deck. I don't like playing against that deck. I don't like thinking about that deck. I don't like owning the cards that belong in that deck. Do you like Texas toast? Uh, why? For your turkey club. Is okay. Is is there wheat bread? Yeah. Could I get it on wheat? Okay, let's do that. Can I get my Was it used to toast? <laughs> I don't know. Probably white bread. Oh. Is that a white bread? We're going to do wheat bread. We're going to take the healthy option. How's that called? I mean, it's more healthy than Texas toast. That's true. Because Texas toast is garlic bread. No, Texas toast is just thick sliced white bread. It's no, it's it's like garlic bread. Yeah, it's, they also when they add garlic. That actually no, that's that's the definition. I'm pretty sure. But you're also at Shoney's. There's garlic. On it. At least <laughs> either way, I kind of want my burger on Texas toast now. I'm a little sad that I wasn't given the option. I mean, we, we could pull her back. No, it's fine. We're too far gone. We're too. We're too I mean, gone. yeah, we're very far down this road. Can we just get another hotel room and just check out spinners tonight? You want to spend a night in, another night in South Carolina, so you can go to Spinners. I mean, you want the real answer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the strip clubs. We just the... call it Delicato and be like, "Hey, Eric Brown doesn't want to stay. Come pick him up. This We're is going a... to Spinners." <laughs> I mean, I realize that the strip club scene in Richmond is really bad, but how much better is it going to be in wherever we are, South Carolina? Honestly, I mean, yeah, I'm saying like, it, like a strip club in Virginia is like mostly a strip club, right? It pretends to be one. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you don't get to see any actual body parts... Which you don't. That, that, I mean, <laughs> then... Like, <laughs> I don't know what your point is here. Uh, Eric, it, it, it has to be re regret, right? Because, yeah. because, see, you sat down and you played the first match... Or you played the first game, anyway, before the tournament started. Oh, you yeah. were like, oh, this deck is sick. I see why people love it. Well, yeah, well, check out all these things I'm doing. I managed this feels unfair. I, I countered every single one of his spells that he played. And then beat him down for two and four. And I was like, oh, sweet, yeah. get these Snapcasters in there. And then I played against Mono Red in round two when I came off my bye. And suddenly it was like, oh, maybe this deck's not so sweet. I play an Augur Bolas, and I whiff. And then I Restoration Angel my Augur Bolas, and then I whiff. And then I'm sitting there drawing lands and doing nothing while I'm dying to stone right. 
and Rakdos Cackler and I don't even know what a Stone Right is. Is that a real? It's a Soulbound guy. Soulbound guy that gives him fire breathing. Yeah, that's the one. That that that's a real card. It is a real card. I mean, it is a card in Magic: The Gathering. Whether or not it's a real card is debatable. I mean, he wrote it down on his deck list and put it into play against you. Yes. And then won. And then won the game. I did lose that match. (laughs) (laughs) So, pretty real. Did he ever activate Stone Right against you? Did he, did he breathe fire all over you? No, because he was stuck on two lands. <laughs> <laughs> you lost this game so when he was stuck on two lands. Well, once like bad monster. I drew lands like seven turns in a row and couldn't draw. So like the first honorable I shipped a Rock's Faithman over the bottom of my deck, which is actually one of the interesting sideboard cards Nathan had that I agreed with. Like, okay. Faithbender was actually really good. I mean, it would have been really good if you had gotten to play it. Right, but Augur shipped it right to the bottom. Great. And then the next Augur Bullet shipped... Uh, Sphinx's Revelation? Well, probably. no. Oh, no, you would have taken that. That's how I won game two. Both Augur Bullets took Sphinx's Revelation. And then, he ju- and then you just laughed at him while you had a full mitt and 17 life? Basically. Yeah. And that's how game three I wanted to go. And he had a stone right in play, he so... He did. It's pretty, pretty equivalent yeah. on the power level. I, I learned really quick, like, that deck has a really hard time with resolved anything. They're like, resolve two creatures, and you're like, huh. I wish you hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I hope my Restoration Angel is good enough here. Oh, like, so I mind-tricked an opponent <laughs> in this tournament by just saying, all the cards in my hand are rare. And so he played a spell, and I dissipated it. And he's like, I thought you said they were all rare. I was like, I lied. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are these opponents? I never like, get these opponents. Like, I, I, you just gotta go for it. You just gotta say like, oh, they're all rare, and I, then dissipate them oh, anyway. This, this red deck like, wins opponent. I, mean, I probably shouldn't even say this, but he missed the flip trigger on his reckless wave like four times. Wow! <laughs> the judge who didn't say anything. It's, uh, it's I know. It's the judge doesn't have to say anything. I don't I'm not gonna play a game for him at combat. But like, I don't under. Okay, so Eric, you're a you're a judge for like most of the time. Yeah. Um, why did they change the trigger rule the way they did? We haven't podcast in a really long time, so they, we should the, talk about this. The mistrigger policy was changed in such a fashion so that you, at competitive and professional rail, you no longer have to play the game for your opponent. Like so, it, which like, is what so they were like, attempting the, to. Accomplish. So on the surface, they were just trying to fix the soul warden problem, right? Where it's Basically. like you have to get your life, you have to get your life, and like that's annoying. Yeah. Like, you, so you if they suck to... and you don't. Game. They don't gain their life. They don't gain their life. That's the way it works now. If they miss their trigger and, you know, you but like, for judge, it's, you but, missed it. But, like, the way Soul Warden is written, it's a mandatory trigger. So I actually lost five bucks this weekend because I didn't know that. The, that you didn't know about the the trigger the new, rules? The new trigger. How did okay, you lose five so what's the bet? Because I bet someone that he, he should have got a warning. Because that's the way it used to be. Uh, oh, that missing triggers, like, you call a judge, like, and then the judge like, the judge, com- the judge comes back and fixes it, and then you get a the warning. The only way that you're going to get a warning for a mistrigger penalty, the only way you're going to get a mistrigger penalty now is if you miss a mandatory trigger. So there's very few of those It has now. to be a mandatory detrimental trigger. Like so Jackie Lee with this. Well, the stab, wound, the stab wound disqualification happened because of... Whoa. Have you not heard about this? No. Okay, so tell me this story. Oh, okay. stab wound so, so, so she's got she's got a creature. It has a stab wound on it, and it moves to her upkeep. Opponent says nothing, adjusts his life total. 
or her life total for the stab wound. She draws a card. She draws a card, and she lets this go on for a couple turns. And she's like, basically, from what I read in her article, and oh, so it was more oh, than she one turn. She actually tried to defend herself. She no, she told the basically told the judge, yeah, I saw him change life totals, but he didn't announce his trigger. She was disqualified because for misrepresenting game state. Because she noticed wow. she noticed a discrepancy in life totals, and yeah, didn't, didn't and, and didn't point it out and stop the match and get it fixed. And basically, oh. you know, all you have to do to get your trigger is announce your trigger somehow. Adjusting your life total or my opponent's life total in their upkeep is me acknowledging their stab wound trigger without verbally saying anything. Yeah, I've acknowledged the trigger. You're taking two. Okay. And it's like, especially in her case, she admitted, yeah, she noticed, and he just didn't say anything, so he doesn't get. It. I mean, not how it works. that's. That that happened years ago with the Huntmaster and the like stuff. And, and that's yeah. one of the other like, reasons that the things have been changed the way it does. Like, so you miss a beneficial trigger, and what, your the, opponent the, gets to decide whether or not that trigger, that should, trigger be should be resolved. It can be put on the stack. So it used to be with Huntmaster of the Fells is a good one. You know, I have a Huntmaster of the Fells. I cast no spells. I say go. On and your you're turn, like, and you're like, oh, I get this wolf, and, and it doesn't flip. And on your turn, you cast two spells. Yeah. And, or, or you cast no spells. So then we get back to my upkeep, and I'm like, oh, but we missed Huntmaster flips. And then Huntmaster would sit there and just flip because we'd place all the missed triggers on the stack. Right. Now it's like, no, that guy doesn't flip at all. It was beneficial you missed it. Well, so I saw I saw multiple times where, like, th- it even happened to me where I play a Sever the Bloodline on the Drag Tusk. It exiles. The guy's like, the guy shrugs, and he's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, all right, pass the turn. And he's like, okay. And then he starts taking his turn, and, he, and like, when he goes back over to draw a card, he's like already untapped. He's like, "Oh, well, I should get a beast." Like, well, you didn't put a beast yeah, in play. Yeah, tell him no at that point. Yeah, and like, but like, now whereas, this is like crazy town. Yeah, like, the, like, magic feels really scummy now. No, it's not. People should no, know what their like cards the do. Used to be the way it should be. People should know what their cards do. Like, like people, people should know what their cards do. Trailer. But I've seen, uh, I, I don't know. It doesn't. It feels it just bad. Gets scummy when you have like situations with Gfabs like trying to. Yeah, I don't. People into losses because of. Yeah, it feels like if you want to be scummy, that you that you totally can. Well, you could totally be scummy before as well. Thank you very much. Like you can definitely get weirdly scum. Like uh, it, it feels bad. To so me, the, what, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't played with it enough. Yeah. But Honestly, like, and it's like, and that's only at comp rel. And at competitive rel, you're expected to know how the game works and how your cards work. Right. So, this, so this is regular. So rel. this is Grand Prix and above. Uh, Grand Prix, PTQ, Grand Prix Trial, Star City Open, Star okay. City IQ. So which store, is not FNM, not pre-release. So like store level events are like. Can you go back and fix that stuff, or can I say no? At FNM? Or am I allowed to say like no? You didn't put your Thrag Test token in, so screw you. Or does it doesn't he get apply it at FNM. He gets it at FNM. It's real, like because yeah. this... <sighs> it's supposed to be fun. It's a learning environment. Is that is that the? It's a learning environment, it's, so that's why they took it that yeah, way. Regular rel is supposed to be like very you know casual. Everyone's learning. Everyone's trying to have a good time. Wants to cater a new play. I mean, well, yeah, because it does suck to be like, uh, is, so, okay, what if I pile out my opponent's deck, they have 59 cards, but it's FNM. When did you pile it out? At the beginning of game one. At the start of the match. Well, I mean, I'm not even going to game loss him for that. Okay, what about, af- what about after we sideboard? Game one's already happened. Okay, he still presented me an should, illegal deck. Okay, like so. <laughs> he's supposed to get a game loss, right? At comp, bro. At competitive at level, at, at PTQs, you do. 
At regular well, we're going to fix his deck. You're just going to fix his deck? Like, yeah, we're going to fix his deck. That just feels bad to me. I don't know. Well, how often do you play in regular well events? I get, like, just, just FNM? Maybe a pre-release? Like, mostly just pre-releases. I don't even FNM, really. Yeah, they're, they're meant for, you know, it's newer so players. I, so I guess it really is that. It's just, like, I'm not even interested in playing in them, so, like... But, but then, like... My rules should translate to their rules. Like, I don't see why we're enforcing stuff at different levels at this point. That just feels backwards. I don't know. As a judge, and having gone through the last couple of Miss Trigger policies, I actually think this one makes the most sense of any we've had. Okay. And, it, and like, well, because previously, it was just warning city all over mm -hmm. the place. Everybody was getting warnings all the time. You like, had to play your opponent's game for them. Well, but, like, or it, to, like av to avoid getting a warning... I would have to play the game for you. Mm -hmm. because, because if I if we both miss it, then we both get penalties. And if you if your opponent misses it and you don't say anything and you notice, suddenly you're committing fraud with right. the old policy. Which right. Now and, is now, and now you're in a Jackie Lee situation where like you really are going to get DQ'd for cheating. Yeah. But whereas like, now, if your opponent misses a trigger and you notice, <coughs> you don't have to stop him you, and you don't have to get penalized. You just oh, missed your trigger. Sorry, bud. All I right. Let's go ahead and cut this off for a minute. We're going to eat. And uh, I guess Not we'll you. get back. Yeah, well, my sandwich never showed up, but that's all right. They're, they're looking for some wheat bread. We're going to catch back up with you guys in the car. Uh, see you in a bit. Uh, I tried to credit card game our $25 Shonies and the bitches backed out. Um, because right. he had the most expensive thing. Uh, it's true. My dinner because was $7.99. The bitch charged me for my coffee. Yeah. I, I think she thought we weren't going to tip, so she charged us for the coffee. I mean, I don't know if you know anything about how restaurants work, but just making the bill higher doesn't actually make <laughs> you money. I mean, it makes sure Shoney's gets money, right? I so, don't know why so you're saying that she's a company girl? No, I'm saying like, <laughs> I think she thought that we weren't going to tip, regardless. So she wanted to. So it was like, a, so it was like a fuck you, yeah. fuck you for trying to order fruit. So how was like, your fuck you coffee? Was it good? No, I mean, my coffee was garbage, but yeah. it was whatever. I mean, I didn't expect like gourmet shit. <laughs> I expected fucking Maxwell House, I don't which know. is exactly what I fucking got. Yeah, so. the Shoney's, it kind of sticks with the theme of the week. <laughs> I, I already regret the decision. I just, <laughs> my tummy hurts. I feel like farting, and we're in an enclosed car. It's raining, so I can't open the windows. I mean, you can't shit out the window anyway, so... You can shit out the window, absolutely. Don't shit out the window, Casby. It'll go along with the deer flesh on your bumper. True or false, you've shit out of a moving vehicle. I have not. All right. Let's keep it that way. I don't see why I couldn't, though. Dude. <laughs> <Same> in theory. <laughs> like, up here. Like, if you hold it like that, we're never going to get Eric. <laughs> Ever. What? Yeah, I mean, you have to point it towards him a little bit. <laughs> Otherwise, he's never going to get picked up. He's got nothing to say. <laughs> I mostly just have a lot of complaining to do. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the fact... Well, welcome to Scrumbling. <laughs> Let's talk about the fact that, um... Let's talk about this awful fucking metagame where there was, like, a yeah. gazillion draws. These, because exactly every fucking person in the goddamn room was playing Thragtusk, Blink Thragtusk, Kill Thragtusk, Reanimate Thragtusk. 
Like, sweet. Um, I don't... Like, they just need to add 20 minutes to every fucking round. To be fair, uh, Thragtusk was not the only guy gaining life. Centaur Healer. Also, Sphinx's Revolution. Sphinx's Revelation was definitely... Like... Obnoxious as all hell. Between those three cards... That card does not gain nearly as much life as those Thragtusk It decks. does in the Sphinx's Revelation deck that a bunch of people there are playing. That plays four of them. Well, it's also playing and plays Elixir of Immortality. Yeah. And uh, what else? It's got... Uh, I saw someone playing uh, Rock's Faithmender in I that deck. Faith, I've seen Faithmenders in a lot of sideboards. <laughs> I played Faithmender in my sideboard yesterday. He was actually one of the only good cards in my sideboard. So he's a 1-4 with lifelink and you gain double life. 1-5 with lifelink. Okay. But you gain double life. Yeah, whenever you gain life, you gain double. Great. That card doesn't sound terrible. No, he's pretty sweet. He blocks for days. He blocks most of the things in the format pretty well. Except Thragtos. Doesn't block Thragtos. That's true. He does if you hook him up with, um... Yeah, that's good. That's a good thing. So, before I played this tournament, like, I didn't realize how bad Standard had gotten. Um... You had an idea. Like, I mean, I had an idea. People had told me. But, but it's and it's the reason I picked the deck I did. Because I was like, seriously? You guys are telling me that a 5-mana five 5-3 five is, like, the defining dominant card of the format. Deal. Let's fucking play Magic. Well, that's so, the thing, like... Because, like, when has that ever been, like, the stone nuts? It's card. It's not the... Fa it's not Dragtusk. Dragtusk <laughs> is not the problem that control decks have. It's Angel of Serenity. And Restoration Angel. I shit on her all day, too. Like, Tamiyo the Moon Sage just taps it all day. And right. they can't do anything. But sometimes it. they kill it themselves. Yeah. Or sometimes you have to board sweep because they play out okay, another Thrag Tusk okay, or perfect. another, like, like, thing. Like, you board sweep and then they just get back all their Thrag Tusks that they put under the Angel the first time. Perfect. Play them all again over the next three turns. I don't care. Like... Well, you had a game beat, all right? Like, I, like, if I was playing, I would have been uh, different if I was playing my, my, with, uh... My, the thing is, the deck the I play, the, the Drowned Yard deck, its B plan is actually its A plan. The opponent just doesn't realize it until halfway through the game. And that's the big advantage that that deck has. Is that they don't... They... Is that this tournament was... Like, the, okay, so the I Nefalia, actually had the next level deck. The reason that Nefalia Drowned Yard was so good in this tournament was because everyone was on Grizzly Salvage. And like salvage or whatever. Yeah, there was a lot of hunter's instinct and a lot of just reanimator. Right. Yeah. So they were just, you know, forbidden alchemy. Like the, the four color reanimator deck was the deck that everyone was playing, and it just emptied their entire deck into their graveyard to fucking just reanimate everything. And like the mill strategy totally could capitalize on that. You know, if you had that in your deck, you just had the option of just oh cool, let me just get the rest of you there. But Serrani's deck is very cool. I should have just played Serrani's deck. Like. The deck looked really fun. looked really good. Um, at, at some point... My deck gonna, was just awful. <laughs> at some point, we're going to get an update on undefeated decks at some point on the car ride. So, I was just pulling that up. Yeah, so we're going to figure out what uh, actually... One of, one of the undefeated game. decks from day one, uh, we saw the list, was oh, a Jesus. Rakdos aggro deck. That was pretty much just black, red zombies, and... What was the other cards in it? It didn't really have uh, zombies. It, it, well, it, it, was, it, it was all zombies. Package. Okay, uh, and it did have that. And Diagraph, Gravecrawler, Drow Fester. Yeah. And then it went into Vampire Aristocrat, Hellrider, and Thundermall Hellkite. So it was like, it was almost like mid-range with like this aggro beginning turn. Like, it was weird. That guy is in top eight right now. Yeah, well, he went undefeated on the first day. Yeah. I mean, those people usually make the... The green-white humans deck that was also undefeated day one is also in top eight. 
Okay, so, so let's talk about this green-white humans deck. So is, is it a tweak on the Selesnia deck that did well last week? It's it's much more. It's much lower. Like it's trying to go underneath the mini game. It's also playing judges familiars. It's playing four judges familiars. Judge. This this guy is a one drop that force spikes, right? Yeah, it's curse catcher with flying. Yeah. But it's not a merfolk, so don't get excited yet. No. <laughs> Actually, you I would get still get excited about it because it's really. How many terrible. civic sabers was he playing? Because I'm on board if he's playing any. Probably zero. Oh, ah, shit. sounds like zero. Ah, um, shit. Okay, so uh, he has like all the other green white stuff, though. Like, uh, it was like Champion of the Parish, Absence Pilgrims, Thalia's, Doomed Travelers, Mayors. Who's uh, playing Mayors? Uh, yeah, Mayor of Aberbrook. Silverblade Paladins, one Sublime Archangel. Which, which is, is really weird. Oh, I'm sorry. So he has Sublime Archangel 1, but he also has three Fencing Ace. Three Fencing, fencing yeah. Ace and is amazing. Got, and then he's got Rancor. So, makes it pretty big. Like, you know, 3-1 Double Strike Trample. Check me out. Just get there. Like, that's really big. That's pretty amazing. Um, so, it, he, wrote a, he wrote a little deck tech about it, I guess. And he said that everybody is playing Searing Spear instead of Pillar of Flame. So this Judge's Familiar just turns off... It turns off Farseeks. It turns off Searing Spears. So that they have to either wait an extra turn or spend their spell to kill my Judge's Familiar. I'm good with either of those options, right? Thalia really capitalizes on that And as then well. Thalia is like synergy, sort of. Right. Mostly. Because she's just all non-creature spells, right? Right. Costs an extra one. So we, we do have a top eight. Alright, top eight. So, so tell me the players. Alright, top eight for Grand Prix Charleston. We have Reed Duke. Hey. No, no, well, okay, so what was Reed Duke playing? Reed Duke, Reed Duke was playing Band Control. Good Band Control. Good guy, Reed Duke. Uh, with, uh, instead of Jace's. Uh, I believe he was playing Amassed Components. Amassed the Components? Yep, two Amassed the Components. Zero Planeswalkers in this list. Uh, but one Nefalia Drown Yard right there in the mana base. How does he activate it? Uh. Like one, like black one overgrown tomb. Nice. Yeah, that's it. One overgrown tomb. Perfect. And blue was a splash too, right? Like blue uh, is just a mass of components uh, no, and counter spells. A mass components is Aureus Charm, Detention Sphere, Dissipate, four of. Okay. Uh, so four Sphinx's like, Revelation, four Supreme Verdict, four Think Twice. So it's actually tamio. just blue white control. Wait, four Tamio? Blue white, one Tamio. Oh, okay. Blue white control, splashing Thrag Tusk, and Nefalia activation. Correct? And Far Seeks, and he has a Ground Seal and a Pitting Needle also in the main. Yeah, it's so weird. It's very weird. Um, but after him is Peter Kelly. Okay, so he was the guy who was on Green White Humans. He was on Green White Humans. And then Pat Cox. What was Pat Cox on? Because I saw him a couple times at the high tables, and I didn't really Pat ever get a Cox chance to see. Pat Cox was playing... Because he's been on... Blue White Flash. Really? Really. Because he has been on Reanimator since Block. And now that Reanimator is actually probably the best deck, he's just not he, doing he it. He is <laughs> on Blue White Flash with one Talrand. That's the Channel Fireball deck. They were playing Talrands. Yeah, I played Talrands. My deck still sucked. <laughs> All right, who else we got? All right, and who else has a Supreme Verdict in the main? Uh, see, Jerry Thompson. That's surprising. And he looks like he was also playing Blue White Flash deck. Well, I'm sure it has some weird Jerry tech. One Angel of Serenity in the main, one in the sideboard. Two Righteous Blows in the sideboard. That's adorable. What the fuck is a Righteous Blow? It's a one-mana instant from Abyssin Restored that deals two damage to an attacking or blocking creature. Okay. Yeah. Well, the deck has a hard time dealing with Resolved Men, and that kills Resolved Tiny Men. So, like, Strangerogites and shit like that? And Thalia like... and 
X amount of X1s and X2s. Okay. Uh, let's see, Duke, uh, John Bolding with the aforementioned Black Red Aggro deck. Right. Um, Ryan Eason, and he was playing Tokens. Junk like, tokens. Okay, I like that. I actually like that deck a lot. I, I saw his deck. It's like sword. Uh, he's got intangible virtue in that deck. He has four intangible virtues. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, say what? Like Soren, Soren, Lord of Innistrad. Those tokens are not irrelevant. Like, his emblem is good. Making tokens is also really good. Mm -hmm. And I use that a lot. Let's see. And then Morgan Chang with the four color reanimator, the blue version, not the red version. Oh, that's awful. I hate the red version. He's got Evil Twins on the sideboard. Check that guy out. A lot of people are on Evil Twin. I, I'm on Evil Twin in Grixis. I've been go. on Evil Twin for a while. He's pretty sweet. And then, let's see. Matt Keen, another black-red aggro deck. What's his list? Is it... This is more like a, like the black-red zombies decks we saw right at the beginning of the metagame. Okay, it's so like Rimsor Bollies and... Rimsor Bollies, Bump in the Night, Searing Spear... Uh, Bump in the Night is actually a newer edition. Like, uh, well, Bump was showing up in the Star City Opens right towards the beginning of the metagame. Okay. Are, they, are they flashing that shit back? Yeah. So eventually, yeah. That's how they do it. If they actually get to that point in the game, they just have a little bit of reach. I mean, I'd understand if they just wanted a Lightning Bolt. So, you know. Like, if we had a Lava Spike, they'd play it, and this is the Lava Spike. <laughs> yeah, that makes up the top eight. According, okay, so, to so wait a second. Where's all the Thrag Tusks? Oh, the that, thrag sounds, that sounds like a bunch of aggro decks. Where's all the Thrag Tusks? Reed Duke, four Thrag Tusks. Okay. How many players? Ryan Eason, four Thrag Tusks. Okay. So Morgan like... Chang, four Thrag Tusks. All right. Thrag Tusk is actually quickly becoming oppressive to the point of Jace the Mind Sculptor. Not in the sense of, like, gameplay, we but 12... just, like, the number of Thrag Tusks you're going to have to face. We have 12 Thrag Tusks in this that's less than That's less than half. I don't, less than half. That doesn't uh, sound which like event? it's a no, 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 no. I'm trying to think of what the last event was. It was, it was seriously like something like... It was some ridiculous number. It wasn't on every deck in the top eight, but it was like six of the top eight decks. Had like four extra tusk. Well, it definitely wasn't the last Star City Open then, because that was a lot of restoration angels. Right. But, yeah, the last one just happened to be a lot of blue eye flash. But... Now, there are a billion restoration angels in this top eight. <laughs> oh, so everybody's on resto angels. Well, I mean, like, both flash good. players had it. One of the reanimator players had it. But like on a, okay, so interesting little top eight. So given the top eight, that's that's one thing. Given the tournament, Thragtusk was everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he may have not put people into the top eight a whole lot, but no, no. The reason he didn't put people in the top eight is because everyone was fucking drawing. That's also true. There were so many draw every single round with the time, which is not uncommon for Grand Prix. I guess that happens all the time. But what is not common is that. Like, at the end of round five, there were, like, 20 players at two draws. I, I mean, honestly, like... I don't know. It just... That number doesn't even seem all that baffling, considered, like, the number that Grand Prix usually have. But, I mean, like, this was actually a tiny Grand Prix. So, like, our group went, and it's, like... Not, not that we're, like, the, the Stones players or anything, but our group's pretty good, I think. And, like, nobody in our crew that went up day two. Like Joey Page day two? Well, Joey but, Page is in my crew. Oh, did he? My, crew, my crew put two in, in day two. And Delicato is not your crew. Delicato is in my Just because he he's lives been, in Georgia. He's been backpacking <laughs> through Georgia for months. Um, <laughs> and by backpacking, 
You mean walking to school? He's well, <laughs> he is still a Richmond player in my book. Oh yeah, I mean I love it though, kind of. I just I didn't I didn't group him in with us because he didn't go with the crew. I mean I'm about to move to the West Coast, but if I come to a tournament, I'm going to be hanging out with you guys. So who says? Oh wow! Daggers! Daggers! Damn! Daggers! Damn! I'll buy you French fries. Uh, deal. <laughs> but uh, the two Richmonders that did day two did both money at uh, 61st and 62nd place. Well, here's the funny thing. Which, How yes. many people day two? The number is actually 81. I was going to say, somewhere 81 in the people 80s. day two. So not hard to make top 64 <laughs> in this grand prix. But either way, they did better than I did. Hooray! Well, just Chuck, like, our, our buddy Charles League was so destroyed that nobody in our crew day two. Charles League was... He was so angry. He was well, really... It wasn't even... Like, he was mad with his own performance. But it was actually just mad that none of us day two. He was just like, this is ridiculous. It was a 661-man event. How the fuck did no one from our crew day two? I mean, 661 person, you're still playing nine rounds on day one. Yeah. I'm, it's like, pretty much just as hard to day two a 600-person Grand Prix as it is a... No, because they're all thousand awesome. Okay, so, well, so here's the real question, then. That are good. How I'd always be willing to argue it's easier to, to day two a 2,000-person Grand Prix because the odds of you playing against ringers is yeah. less. When you, you have, have that many, when people. you have a very small, we have 700 person PTQ or GP, the same number of ringers show up. I will say in Baltimore in round five, I played against someone who <laughs> was like mono white humans and had four-owed, and I was just like, oh man, this guy, you know, like this deck's very Maybe good. Maybe he's got the stone tech. Nope, he was just talking about it, and he was just like, no, I played this at F and M last night, went 04. and now he's four-owed in the Grand Prix. <laughs> and he's like, really the correct you. deck choice uh, for that tournament. Yeah. I was like, so why exactly did you 0-4 last night with this deck and play it today? Like, but, uh... Okay, no, so, I mean, like, no, the, the point Gatsby, is, like, sometimes people just mise their way into high-level record, you know, high records. Okay, so, Gatsby, the real question about making day two is how much preparation did the people from Richmond put in to, before they went? I mean, I mean to, be, to be fair, I did very little, but... I, I did very little. I did zero. Charles... Actual zero. Charles actually did a fair amount of testing. I mean, I know there were playtest sessions going on, but... Right. Um, I did. I went to one of the playtest sessions. I proxied up the blue white flash deck. Uh, I played it for most of the night. I hated it. I played the bad guy all day. So all I figured out from that playtest session was I wasn't going to play blue white flash. <laughs> like the deck looked pretty good, and I was just like, okay, playing your game in your end, their end step seems fine. I'm on board with this game plan. And then I played it for a few rounds. I was like, this deck's just fucking awful. And also just got, I got steamrolled by a lot of cards. Like, some cards just, I couldn't take care of. Like, if I can't counter a Thrag Tusk, that's a big game. If they have any answer for my one of two Rune Channer spikes, that's a big game. Like, uh, okay, so do you think fucking that, Huntmaster just takes you out of your game. Okay, so Like, you have two, to play things differently then. There's two Flash decks in the top eight, right? Yes. And... One of them had main deck supreme verdict. One had one main. Uh, Pat Cox has a main deck supreme verdict along with his Talrand. And then the other one has like Angel of Serenity. Yeah. So they had to find ways. They, so they took the good blue white play in your instep shell and then added some, some like, yeah, like some big cards. Well, the thing I noticed, like, when I looked at the initial list of the guy who did the, well, the Star City event, I was like, it's just a bad control deck. Like, it's a bad control deck that can sometimes mise a huge clock. Yeah. You know, and, like, I didn't want that to be what I played. Like, it seems, like, not very consistent. I did um, not find it terribly consistent when I played it. Sometimes you get a nut draw of just, like, slam a threat, swing it to your dead. And sometimes you get a hand filled with counter spells. 
just like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, having two people in the top eight of this tournament, you know, goes against my assessment of the deck being terrible. It's not, it's not terrible. I just didn't particularly like it. I didn't particularly like it, and the list that I had was definitely not optimal. Well, the reason I think that me and you didn't like it is that we're pretty much control players at heart. And like I said, it's a bad control deck. It's a deck. control deck that's trying to kill my opponent with goblin pikers. Yeah. Like, so, awesome. So did any did any control deck make the top eight? Like, would you consider Reed any Reed Duke's deck is definitely a yeah. control deck. Okay. A deck playing a mass of components and counter spells and, like, you know, like, just a lot of card draw and just a lot of and then good thrag, stuff. And then Thragtus. Or Thragtus. And, um... Was he playing Syncopates? Um, up here, let me pull his list back up. He had four Dissipates. I don't believe he had any Syncopates. Okay. Which I like. Dissipate? Like, everyone was kind of like, oh, syncopate, you just need to run because, you know, if you're on the draw against, you know, the, the, the guys to say trap decks, you have to be able to kill it. Like, oh. I guess. like Or you just supreme verdict it away. Yeah, like, and just, you know, like... You get popped one turn. Dissipate is just so much better well, in the late game, which is where you play most of your game anyways. Yes. Okay, so, like, all these reanimator decks, and I, I saw so much Farseek. So many Farseeks. Yeah, people... And that makes your syncopates worse. Really bad. I mean, you kind of you're almost forced to syncopate the far seek. So, because uh, otherwise your syncopate's just awful after that far seek. Yeah, it results. becomes irrelevant. Because I mean, and whereas dissipate, you're going to get that thrag tusk, and then they can't unburial write it either. So you know. Uh, so let's talk about. Wait, we mentioned this when we were leaving. Um, we saw a lot of reanimator. There's at least one in the top eight, right? Yes. There's just or, one. Just Morgan Chang. So, like, we were talking about Purify the Grave and Cremate and, like, Rest in Peace. There's all these value-type cards. Isn't Tormod's Crypt? Like, it's either Tormod's Crypt or Rest in Peace, right? Um, It's got to be. All right, so, to I mean, we... That? Okay, so, the reasoning that I have, I think that Purify the Grave is the best answer. Okay? And, like, the thing is, like, when you play Purify the Grave, Purify the Grave is fine. Or not, uh, not Purify the Grave, uh, Rest in Peace is fine because it, it leaves a lasting impression on the board. Tormod's Crypt, I don't think is the right one. I think if you have the ability to play Rest in Peace, you should probably just play that over Tormod's Crypt. Um, well, I think that also depends on your deck. Like, if I'm the blue-white Flash player... You want the zero-cost spell. I'm probably not... Well, it's not just a zero-cost spell. I'm probably wanting to have a graveyard to make sure I can actually kill my opponent with Rune Chanter Spikes and get value out of my Snapcaster Mages. That's fair. Crypt removes both graveyards, right? Just one. Just one? Okay. Just one. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's Relic? Which one? Relic or Genitus. Relic? Yeah. Okay. But, um, I'm sorry, so talk to me about Purify the Grave. What, what? Purify the Grave, it's like you're trying to be three animator decks. Like, I feel like that's just better. Like, Recipes has more applications. Like, it's better against the decks that utilize their graveyard as far as spells and things of that nature. But Recipes just gives you more because, like, if they go to reanimate something, you just Purify the Grave it, and their spell fizzles. So you do it again, their spell fizzles. Like, it, it just... You take out the things that they want to reanimate, and it also blanks their unburial rights. The, the issue I had with it was that... Against Purify the Grave, is that... you're Yes, you're playing a two-for-one card, but they're playing four-for-ones with Mulch and Tracker's Instinct. And so... And, like, the, the issue I kept having was that they just had a graveyard that was too full of too many things, and I couldn't stop all of them. I mean, if you don't care about like, like as long as they have two reasonable targets, their one on burial rights is also two for oneing. So no. I would rather like mass remove the yard. Well, my problem with purify the grave is 
the problem is that it, all it says is counter-target unburial rights. Flashback. And also take away the thing that they went to reanimate. Right. But, but the, the they, thing is, they do always, so much they're more. They're always going to have more targets. They're usually going to have more targets, and they're also playing cards like Lingering Souls and Sever the Bloodline. And some of them are playing uh, Rolling Templars and Faithless Looting. Okay, so that doesn't explain anything. So they just, okay, they're like, okay, well, I'll do this. Well, okay, so... They're like, okay, you have a Tormund script on the board. They, like, they go do their bit, and they're like, okay, I'm Barry Rex, and you're like, okay, I'm responsible to Tormund script. Then they just do it again. With what? At least... They have to refill their yard. Right, they're, they're playing right. a lot of those I mean, cards. A, you, it's also, you can't argue these cards in a vacuum. It's a lot has to be said about what decks you're playing. If, I'm playing, a, if I'm playing a Dissipate deck, I can sit on my Tormod's Crypt and pick and choose what I'm countering. And then eventually crept them out. So what was Ryuji playing? What was his package? Uh, believe, his was Ground Seal I and... He had, he had one Ground Seal in the main. And he had one Ground Seal in the main? One yeah. Ground Seal in the main. Okay. That's that's pretty crazy. Well, I mean, it seems fun. It's good against the Snapcaster decks, and it's good against Reanimator. I want to think. I want to say he also had three Rest in Peace, but that's also because, you know, that's a deck he's not... I think his only flashback spell is Think Twice. Pull this list back up. Which I'm guessing he probably boards out a number of... For rest in peace. I probably would. I mean, he also has... Just uh, playing a, a cantrip seems pretty bad. But, but yeah. he also has Angel of Serenity, right? I don't think he did. Does it? Oh, really? Yeah, okay. uh, it's, it's reloading because the Android internet browser is... Silly. Uh, no, you blame it on the fact that we're in South Carolina. Come we're on. in South Carolina, and I am not happy about it. <laughs> no, South Kakalaki. Uh, where the barbecue was mediocre and we had to eat at Shoney's. All right, so he had. So, I thought the beef brisket was pretty good. The brisket, no, brisket was okay. The spinach dip was terrible. The spinach was awesome. The cream spinach? I don't know what spinach you were eating. The spinach that was in the cream sauce. <laughs> All right, so he Not had good. two rest in pieces. And then board, yeah. And then one grand seal in the main. Uh, his creatures were four Thrag Tusk, one Restoration Agent. Pretty much, I'm going to be on board with whatever Reed Duke says. So if he says that Rest in Peace is better than uh, Purify the Grave, I'm on board too. Like, I mean, I all my arguments aside, Reduke said this, alright, I'm on board with I think, of all, I think of all the cards we've mentioned, Rest in Peace probably is the best one. Ground Seal doesn't seem terrible. Ground Seal is not terrible. Ground Seal well, is a Ground fine Seal's card. problem is that Ground Seal doesn't fight Rune Chanter's Pike. Right. And it doesn't fight Flashback cards. But it does a damn good job of fighting on Burial Rites and Snapcaster Rage. Yeah. I mean, it's not a dead card against anything except pretty much the aggro deck. Well, it's never 100% dead. It's always it it's always at least a cantrip, yeah. which is cool. Um, no, but Reed Duke is probably probably one of my favorite players right now, because I know that fucker grinds like shit on Moto. Yeah. Well, I Duke plays he, I, more magic than anybody, because as many like live events he plays, and I know how much he plays on Moto, like, Jesus. That dude just plays magic all day, nonstop. You gotta do something in a three-hour layover I between guess magic so. events. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> um, Which, I unfortunately, went... Reed Duke has been eliminated from Grand Prix Charles. Fuck! Wah, what happened? Wah. Peter Kelly with three white humans. Yeah, that just smashed so, him. So that's that's the thing that I've seen a lot of is is when we talked about the guy with the judge judges from yeah, going going under the metagame. Yeah, and is is that the Thragtus? Like we keep talking about Thragtus and all these life gain cards. They all cost a lot of mana. Yeah, they cost a bedillion mana. So, if you really do, like, and also, most of these decks are three colors. So, if you just miss on color, or you miss on land... Well, it's really like, hard, because they're also playing far seeks and stuff like that. Your mana's fixed up pretty good. But Judge Familiar does a very good job of keeping that in check as well, though. Like, it makes them play a turn behind. 
Yeah, apparently it did its job. Uh, Jerry Thompson has also been eliminated from top eight. Good, I don't like that fucker. <laughs> uh, so one blue-white flash player goes down to the red, one of the red-black aggro players. See, like, I think aggro is going to end up winning this tournament, and I think it's going to be weird, given the way that the... Like, the top eight can't tell you everything, because walking the tables, it was all draws and life and really stupid long Well, games. that's the thing. Like, even, like, a metagame where it's, like, when you have a huge number of people, and, like, not that 661 people is huge, but it's still a big tournament. Like, you know, I, 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 I consider, like I said, I was, like, I was thinking I was going to see a lot more aggro, and obviously there was some, a fair number there, and I was hoping to get those matchups, and I didn't. I was I expecting this backlash, and I wanted to play those aggro decks, and I was just like, okay, my deck will just beat the aggro decks, and I just, I saw two of them, and I beat those two, and... You know, I ended up with a winning record because I have free wins. Yeah. Yeah, getting Yeah, I deserve, yeah, I fucking deserve those free wins. Like, yeah, like, end up with a winning record with, a, um, with actually not winning more okay, than I lost. Can we, can we talk about for a second um, Grand Prix Trials? Because it seems like every time I go to a store, they're like, yeah, we have Grand Prix Trials for everything. Yeah, and, every, every and like, store is allowed to I get one like, for HTP. So, like... That's different than the way they used to do them, though. Like I've driven, I drove I out there. So. It's, it's no, been it this is. way for a while. I drove. Stores have been able to sanction Grand Prix trials for at least a couple years now. I just, like, nobody ever really cared enough to do I it. Used to, is that what it is? It, well, it's, okay. So now you I consider. You used, no, you used to have to be within a geographic distance of the tournament itself to, no, to do it. That might be true, but yes, I'm not 100. That is true. But like, the well, main thing is. No, that's yes. Because I, I went up to Pennsylvania to play in a GPT for Boston, and it was the only one that I could go to. That's and probably this was, not this true. Was, this was in Shards. Yes. Oh, Shards was before I started playing Magic in the Richmond area. I mean, so. like, as, I don't know. Like, anyway, the, the history aside, it seems like like we live in an area that's fortunate enough to have, like, mm, four, four, five, six shops. Yeah. And so we're, so, like, the crew of people we brought up, Four of those people won Grand Prix Trials. They all had three buys. Yeah, that was me. But I mean, so they went. So they went to all this effort to like rebalance Planeswalker points and fix it so that not everybody has buys. And now stores are all running them like this. Well, it, the, this is it's something not that, that they I don't heard. want people to have buys. It's just that they want people to not sit on their Elo rating. They want they're encouraging people to play more Magic. I mean, yes. And the reason, and the main reason you're seeing more Grand Prix Trials, the reason they're firing now for. Grand Prix, but fuck Egypt, come win your three buys. Oh, wait, it's got a higher Planeswalker points multiplier. Right. And the that's fact really is, like, why the stores are sanctioning them regardless of where they are. Yeah, regardless of whether or not you plan on going to the GP, like, just playing in those tournaments gives you a shitload of Planeswalker points. Did people really care about that? Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, I have two buys anyways because. Just because I play at GPTs and just because I play FNM every Friday and just because I go to two or three GPs a year... I just have two buys. I never win or do good in any of them, but just because I play a lot, I have two buys. But, like, I always had two buys before Planeswalker points because of my ELO. That's because you were actually good. But, like, now they, I'm now, saying, like, I wasn't I had ever two buys during ELO, now I've only got one. Well, I'm well, saying, like, I was, never, I was never sitting on my ELO. I just went to the Grand Prix tournaments, and every match would cost you, like, 20, 30 points. If but, you lost, yeah. But if you won... No, no, if you won also. Because the K value was so high. Like, all of the matches were like that. You right. only... You, the only the only reason why it's like... You say, like, oh, if you lose, you're going to lose, like, max max K value. You lose, like, 40 at FNM. And that's why I kind of had to... Like, I almost had to stop playing FNMs 
because which is why they changed it because if I go yeah because if I go six and zero at F and M, then you actually make a point. <laughs> then I hey. make yeah. Then I get six points, and then if I you know lose one round, if I go five and one, I just lost thirty five points. Yeah. Like that's a bad system. So yeah, it is, and I, especially like ELO is one thing when like it's chess. That makes sense because it's not a game of variance. Like it's very bad to have a situation where your ELO like ELO where it's variance is involved. I mean, that's something that, that was another thing that they, they element, yeah. yeah, like you can't, it's very, it's, it's not, it doesn't make you feel good to have your luck element come into play in situations like that where the, the, it can be so swingy. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying the Planeswalker point system is bad. Like they're, they, they took out all the feel bads from the rating system because it's not a rating system anymore. Now it's a progression system. Yeah. It, it is a reward for playing a lot. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily, but it's certainly a good business decision. It's, which, unfortunately, ultimately, Wizards of the Coast is, I'm pretty sure, a business. Uh, we were talking about the fact that they're printing money with, like, that the Return to Ravnica boxes are finally coming down in price. That, like, for a while, they're, they were how expensive? Um, buck 30? You were, you were lucky to find one in Richmond for 110, 120. Right. And they were pre-ordering on Star City for up to 130, I believe, at one point. Right. So, like, the price have finally come back down to Earth. They're closer Around to... Around 100 they're, now. They're closer to 100 now. Um, well, I think, like, it's, it's what we were talking about, the eBay bubble pop. Like, everybody had bought so much product, it was trying to ship it on eBay, and then everyone realized that they didn't want to pay $3 for a fucking underground connections. They didn't want to, they didn't want to pay $5 for Huckbear or Hellkites or whatever. They realized that those were actually just, like, fucking, like... The reason the like, bubble pops, uh, the reason the bubble ever, the reason yeah. the bubble ever pops, is because the players who wanted it finally got it, and the demand went down. Yeah. The people will like if people want it, they'll probably pay any price, and that's why you see bulk rares going for three dollars, right. and in two months you see them going for one dollar. You know, it's really funny. They already got them. I was doing trading today, this and is, I hate this trading. is not new. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to blow anybody's mind or anything. I was doing trading today. <laughs> um, you know, we went to, you know, some of our friends went to do a, the Star City Open thing, classic series, the classic, which is just, it, they basically found a way to run money tournaments, but give you points in their series, right? Right, yeah. but, okay. but charge you the same amount as an Open series, but give you less weight, I mean, um, but uh, that aside, like, I, I didn't really feel comfortable with my deck, I felt pretty bad after day one, I was just like, oh, I didn't feel like putting together another deck, so we just kind of went, goofed off, played a few funsy games, and traded a little bit. Um, I actually had no idea how much fetch lands had gone up. Which fetch lands? Uh, most of them, but like the specifically the blue ones. Yeah, the blue ones went insane. Like like, like Misty the blue Rainforest? ones are like pushing forty. Misty Rainforest is forty dollars. Yep. Why? I don't know. I, I, get to, I mean, it sees more legacy play on. I mean, the, the theory the is that very recently StarCityGames.com bought all of them and then jacked the price up on their website. And it kind they, of rippled its way through um, the market. They have been known to do that. They, the I mean, that's no what they did with Dual Lands. Uh, the most notable example of that was when the Time Spiral bonus sheet came out. They, but like they, so they hadn't released all the cards in the bonus sheet. But Ben Blyswith went and speculated on a bunch of them, and he got it right with Lightning Angel and Shadow Mage Infiltrator. And they just went and purchased all of them from every store, and they could afford to speculate like that because all those cards were like fifty cents. Right. And then. Shadow Mage Infiltrator went up to like $3. That's not a big profit margin until you're talking about sitting Thousands. on a thousand of them. Yeah. And Poor Kibler and his Daybreak Rangers. 
I wonder how many of those he still has. <laughs> Daybreak Ranger. Uh, it's still got time. It's still, yeah, it still it has some time. time. Um, All right. What if you rank her a Daybreak Ranger? Oh, another another what thing. What if you rank her a Daybreak Ranger and then fight a Thragtusk with it? Um, it will die. It'll die. <laughs> and they will end up. You will have lost a one green mana, a <laughs> uh, a, a Daybreak Ranger, and uh, they will have gained a, base, a three a three token. Yes. Um, Man, never mind. Oh, I thought it was gonna be sweet. It's true. It's true. Um, but uh, no, I mean like. Uh, one thing, uh, a card that really, uh, really actually did really well today uh, in response to the, the Flash deck was Mayor of Aberbrook. Yeah. That was a card that was just doing work. Like, and I can only imagine that the dude that top eight of Green White Celestia just played a lot of Blue White Flash today. Because that card is awesome. And it's also not bad against the Reanimator decks. Like, if they skip their turn, their turn two is what? Grizzly Savage or Farseek, right? Uh, yeah, or Mulch. So it depends on the build. Okay. Okay, but it's some enabler. Right, but there's inevitably a, a, turn, a turn where they don't do anything. Yeah, usually. Because it, it, it's usually turns 3-4 where they can't afford an unbearable right or one of their threats. Well, they used to be playing Centaur Healer to, to stop that, and a lot of decks in this tournament didn't stop playing it. Right. Well, the thing was that Centaur Healer was kind of like the go-to, like, oh, we have to be able to like stabilize versus zombies, because zombies was like the big thing when the, first, when the, when the format first shook out. So everyone moved to Centaur Healers to kind of buy time, and it was actually enough, because it usually traded with a couple of their zombies, you know, killed a, killed a zombie and then traded with a drops messenger or something to that effect, and fogged one of their previous attacks. Right, so zombies... And it gave them enough time to resolve their threat test. So zombies go down in popularity, people take the Centaur Healers out, but then green... Them to the but, board. But the, well, but then green-white humans just, like, runs them over now? Well, Mayor of Aberbrook is, was great because he's actually just a two-drop lord. So he feels a lot like Lord of Atlantis. Well, you go champion a parish into Mayor of Aberbrook attack for three. Right. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. And then if the Flash deck wants to play its game, it can't play in your end step anymore because it has to play something in their turn to make sure that your Mayor doesn't flip. Because if they let the Mayor flip, then he's not being a Lord anymore, but he's just swinging for a bunch and making, two, then making three threes. Isn't it technically better to let it flip? Because then... It depends on the board. Because, I mean, depends then the they board. lose their Lord. Depends on the board. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it... But I mean, if you have a way to make sure that they don't get 3-3 three, three tokens, sure. Yeah, but the mayor has a lot of play. <coughs> right. And like, you can actually just, unless, because the flash deck doesn't actually take care of things, it just, like, bounces them. Like, it doesn't ever kill anything. Yeah. And that was the issue that I ran into. Once a guy hit the board, it was like, well, that guy's here to stay. Yeah. So, like, I may put him back in his hand for a turn, but I'll just see him again next turn. So, I mean... It, that's why the that's why the one guy has a Wrath of God in his main deck of his blue eye flash deck. Yep. Yeah. Cause And playing one ups is fine in that deck when you're playing Thought Scours and Snapcasters, like You're playing Augur Bolts as well. Like, yeah. You're gonna see a lot of cards. Yeah. Like it's not nearly as good as Delver, but is Augur it's a reasonable facility. Augur Bolas is uh every like, time I like an it, unbelievable card. Like, Bolas can be very good, and it's sometimes your worst fucking enemy. My, my experience with that card is the latter. It is always my worst fucking enemy, I and I want to throw them across the event all whenever I can. I can't believe you guys are saying this, honestly. That is just based on personal experience, not looking at the card in a vacuum. It, like, it's a Corthasar for two, and... I, no, no, like, no, 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 no. Corthasar never said, take instant or sorcery. Corthasar said, you pick. Yeah, well, they did. If Agropolis uh, said, you pick... I'd be on board. Oh, hell yeah. Unfortunately, you just bury Restoration Angels and Rune Channers Bikes. <laughs> or, 
you know, much well, needed lands. Well, then, right. you, then you guys are playing Agrabolas in the wrong deck. Agrabolas <laughs> like, no, is no, that. No, speed. I don't play Agrabolas. I'm saying Agrabolas is that speed bump that the blue decks get. Like, blue decks don't get to play Centaur Healer. We have to play Agrabolas because it still beats the Gravecrawler. It still beats the Champion of the Parish or whatever. Like, whatever it needs to block, it will. And hopefully it stays alive because it's a 1-3. I mean, that's he's, awesome. He's very good at blocking. I will give him that. And just sometimes he is extremely frustrating. Like, he's a 1-3 for 2 with a with an ability? And an ability that can give me a card? Like, well, I think unfortunately, you guys are nuts if you think that is a bad card. I don't think it's a bad card. I'm just saying that in some cases it's your best friend and sometimes it's your worst enemy. It's always my best friend. In your deck, it was fine. <laughs> I think I, like... Because the only thing that you ever oh, dig man. for is a removal spell or a board sweep. And it's going to hit one of those. I don't know. Sometimes I got a Lingering Souls. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes you were... Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, if it's the only one there, you take Lingering Souls. It's fine. Except so you're not digging for Rune Chanter's Pikes or Restoration Angels to actually kill your opponent with. Yeah. So that that's the main difference there. Well, so I think that... Uh, let's talk about this token stack. Let's, like... Um, because that's, that's a deck that we haven't given any press to at all yet. Well, I don't want to because I want to play it. <laughs> so, like, what tokens does it have? It has Soren and Lingering it's got, Souls. It's got Soren, Lingering Souls. Okay. Um, Thragtusk. It has Thragtusk. How many? Four? I believe it's four. Probably four. Uh, so yeah, I believe it's four. Yeah, like, if you're playing X Thragtusk, X equals four. <laughs> I don't see a lot of deck lists where people are like, yeah, well, I, I thought, I thought that two Thragtusk was the right answer. Like, no, no, like... If you're playing Thrag Tusk, you're playing in a deck where four is right But now. I mean, are they getting more easy playing? Are they playing like a Midnight Haunting? Three or? Midnight Hauntings. Uh, yeah. Midnight Haunting. Four Lingering awesome. Souls. Three Celesnia Charms. Celesnia Charm. One Garrick Rottless. Two Garrick Primal Hunter. Two Soren Lord of Innistrad. So, here's what I only, found. Only two Soren? Just two. Here's what I found on the day. Huh. I always wish... Like, all day, I wish I was in green, so that I could be playing Celestia Charm. Celestia Charm is really good. Celestia Charm is, like, the best card right now, because it does everything you want it to do. It puts a flash attacker into play at the end step. It kills Thrag Tusks and, and uh, Angel Serenity's dead. Like, never return dead. And it's, what, pushes through damage when you're playing an aggressive deck? Mm -hmm. Like... Well, it's plus two, plus two, and trample, right? That's correct. So, that card actually just is great. I just love that card. I actually really, all the charms I really, really like, because none of the charms are just dead cards, ever. Because all of the modes do something when you're, regardless of board state, I, that's why I like it. I, I think Rakdos Charm is pretty miserable. <laughs> um, I, I will say, I played three Azorius Charms in my control deck, and... I don't know if it was just the decks I played against, but I drew a card with my Azorius Charm basically every time. That's, I mean, like, as a flash deck, most no, of my no, Azorius no. Charms just drew a card. I saw you win, I, I saw you get back in a game versus an aggro deck, oh, because you man. swung for 10 with uh, Lingering Souls tokens, and I gave and your team. That was one time. That was very relevant, because you were at fucking three against a fucking deck playing Searing Spears. Yeah, I know, and he bricked on a Searing Spear for like six turns in a row. And then I eventually, like... And then it got I, to a point where Searing Spear was no longer an out for him. Yeah. So I that mean, card was actually just awesome in that situation. There was one time I lifelinked. The entire rest of the tournament, I either drew a card with it or I boarded it out. <coughs> it was, like, the go-to card that I boarded out in every matchup. Nobody was attacking me. Yeah. 
Well, no, that's I mean, <laughs> when you play Thraktos, that you don't need a Zora's Charm anymore. Everybody was playing Thraktos, so... Yeah, I mean, like, all the Thraktos, you're like, yeah, that's a card I want to put back on top of their library. Yeah. That's that guy again. Yeah. They didn't have a 3-3 on the house. But Celestia, but Celestia Aggro deck, I just loved. I just wanted to eat it all day. Oh, yeah. I just I, never saw... I saw it twice, and that was it. And I was like, God, why can't I just play you every round? I don't disagree. I think that that... That Celestia Charge got to be the best one. Right, in, in right now. Um... So what, a, what are our options? Is it I'm is it charm? Big, is pretty good. Big fan of is it charm? Is it charm? I don't think is it charm has a deck. To that's begin. that's really the only problem. Is it charm was is great in Grixis. Yeah, I love it in Grixis. Grixis isn't terribly popular. Um, if if only Niv Mizzet was like a six six dragon. Um, like I like I mean I'm trying to make Niv Mizzet better. He's already he's the, already the pretty, stone Niv Mizzet. He's fucking awesome. I will say that I played a Niv-Mizzet against one of my opponents, drew five cards, and swung, and lost. That's impressive. Yep. That guy's deck was awesome. Like, I talked to him, like, through the tournament. There was a guy named Billy. I forget his last name. But he was playing Rug Control. Like, just playing, like, all the good cards from red and green and blue. Like, Planeswalker, blue Planeswalkers, Thragtusks and Huntmasters, Snapcasters, and Counterspells. And it... So what was he in? Red work. Burnsmells? Burnsmells, yeah. Um, he was playing uh, a number, like two pillars, I think, three Searing Spears, and four Hubmasters. I will say, I'm not sure right now. I think Devil's Play might be better than Bonfire of the Damned. False. But it's like, good. Like I said, I'm not sure. But uh, I can tell you're wrong, but... <laughs> it's. I mean, Devil's Play is a very good card. It's not better than Bonfire. They're two very different cards. It's yeah. hard to compare the two. Except that one burns them for X... And one does their face and creatures for X. I mean, yeah, one of them's a giant fucking earthquake, and the other one has flashback. No, no, no. Not <laughs> an earthquake. It isn't a giant earthquake. <laughs> Not earthquake. Like, one-sided earthquake. All right, fine. One-sided, blow you out. One-sided earthquake that also kills your flyer. Have sex with your mother type card. I get it. But Bonfire is very good. I mean, we could just play Mizium Mortars for that, though. I like Mizium Mortars. I like Mizium why is Mizium Mortars not like a card? Because like, it doesn't kill Angel of Serenity. Doesn't kill Angel like, of Serenity. I feel like uh, that it doesn't need to. Like I feel like we can we can put it in a deck that has other answers to Angel of Serenity, right? Well, because that's what you want to do. You want a board sweep and then use a spot removal spell. That that's what you want from your board sweeps. Like, I'm not yeah, saying like, we, and that, with that, with that reasoning, we should probably just be playing Divine Recognition. I'm not saying that because it's, it's not like, well, an issue. <laughs> if I have to just board sweep and play a spot removal spell, well, this one with flashback is just better. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's good, I like this. I like where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> I think the answer is everyone should just be playing a blue-eyed shell with Supreme Verdicts and splash whatever the fuck you want because nobody's on anything that disrupts that. Like, you should, there's just no reason not to play five colors in this format. Like... You just play anything you want. Uh, the reason to not play five colors in this format is all those red, black, and green, white aggressive decks that are in the top eight right That's now. That's why you play with... They rape you Supreme Verdicts? Day. No. Supreme Verdicts. They just lose to Supreme Verdicts. That guy with... All Tal of those decks definitely does not. That guy with Talia and Judges Familiar begs to differ. Well, Judges Familiar doesn't really okay, affect yeah. the Supreme Judges Verdicts. Well, I mean, you can, you can sacrifice... It can get into the graveyard early. And then not what? counter the spell. Yeah, you can sacrifice it and make them pay one more. Except they just choose <laughs> they not choose to pay. They choose to, yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah. mean, like I said, he can get in there early if he wants to. Yeah, he, he can go. 
go go be the welcoming crew. Yeah, he's like, hey guys, follow me to the graveyard. Now that was the thing. Like, <laughs> we I play tested a lot against Green White because Will Haas and James Blue were both on that deck. So when I was playing my awful control deck, I was like, okay, like let's just play test. They're mostly just run games, cause and uh, I just they they never had a chance. If I had if I had Dave Desmond, they just never had a chance. Or Supreme Verdict, rather. I always call it Dave Desmond. But um, we are still recording, right? Just check. I don't know. Is it flashing? Yeah, okay. We're okay. still recording. Okay. Sorry. We, we're, we're on a mobile recorder. We're in the car. If you're just joining us for some reason. All right. <laughs> Halfway through, through the podcast. It's like, let's just jump to the 30-minute mark. Why not? I don't know. I mean, I've done that with podcasts. I'm like, this shit's boring. Like, I'm going to, I'm going ahead 10 minutes. Let's see if you got interesting. <laughs> that's usually me anytime I listen to Scrubland. Oh. oh no. I bet you listen to this one in its entirety. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, and here's the part where they throw me out of the car. <laughs> yeah! Uh, no, no, no. I mean, to be fair, we, we know what product we put out. Kathy, so. you've never shit out a moving vehicle. Start now with Eric Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I can't shit Eric Brown out of my ass. <laughs> Cannot. Uh, I'm sorry, so you had some kind of thought about Huntmaster or something? I don't know. Oh, just all the flip cards are really good against the flash deck. Yeah, you force them to play on their turn. Yeah. Whereas opposed to your end stuff. It's actually not the point I was making. I forgot what I was doing. But, um, but no, I mean, uh, I really like where Standard's at right now. There's a lot of things going on. I think that the fact that Thrag Tusk is kind of forcing us to deal with things in a different way is making it to the, bring it to the point where we have to explore other strategies. Like, you can't be afraid to just be all balls out aggro anymore because of some life gain. Yeah. Because it's gotten to the point where if you just don't let them do whatever the fuck they want with life gain, they're just going to life gain you out of the game because you guys are just going to draw. Like, and like, you know, the thing about Rakdos is like, you're not going to draw. No. <laughs> like, you, you might lose, but you're not going to fucking draw. Um, and, like, and you can set up those decks to be fast enough to just get in under Thrag Tusk. Yeah. Or like, if you only have to deal with one Thrag Tusk, you're probably in pretty good shape. I would, I would not be surprised to see these decks in the next couple weeks. Um, what, is San Antonio Standard next week? Um, I don't... I, we Actually, there was a Standard event in Bochum yeah. this weekend. I haven't seen, seen any of the lists, so... That's in Germany? Yeah. Okay. I don't know, somewhere. But I would not be surprised to see a lot of Centaur Healers popping up back up into these lists next week. Centaur Healer is a great card. Well, you, I'm... Well, because, okay, so we're going under the metagame, everybody boarded out their healers, and those decks can beat one Thragtusk. Oh, yeah. I, I also watched some aggro decks lose because the guy went Thragtusk, and then they dealt with it, and then they went Thragtusk again, and then the first guy rolled their eyes and got a little tense, and then the third turn in a row, they're like, Thragtusk again, and then they felt really bad about themselves, and they had to go to the next game. Like, I don't know. That That's the real issue I see with a card like that, is that, like, sometimes people just have all of them. Yeah, well, and it, that's going to happen. Yeah. That's just... With the like, like, they start recurring them with Yeah, well, stuff. that's the thing. Like, reanimated decks, like, you, once you see one Thrag Tusk, it's like, well, fuck. Now, it's not that I have to deal with the other three Thrag Tusks that he might draw. So you're going to deal with the same Thrag Tusk repeatedly. Exactly. Like, I have to deal with any it's, number of Unburial Rites or any number of Angel Serenities or, you know, whatever. Like, So it's like, you mean, these decks have just have to find ways to deal with Thrag Tusk that don't just drop it into the bin. And, I mean, that's going to be kind of hard for... For like the Rakdos deck. I mean, we we don't have Path to Exile or anything. We so. don't. But, I mean, the green white deck can easily play Oblivion Ring. It can play as Slesnia was pointed Charm. out, Celestia Charm. That card's pretty good. I like Celestia. It's a little harder for the Rakdos decks. Like I really think Slaughter Games. No, they, they really get Rakdos really, Charm. What is, okay, so Rakdos Charm against the Reanimator strategies. 
but it doesn't do anything against oh. Restoration Angel Mithraktos. Okay, well, uh, that's true. I'm gonna throw this one out of left field, I guess. Like we talked about Grixis Control and Rakdos needing answers. Isn't there a six mana enchantment that like Sulfuric Vortex? I was afraid to bring up Havoc Festival. Havoc Festival. I'm wondering if Havoc Festival can actually be a card. Maybe yeah. not in the aggro decks. It costs a lot of mana. I mean, but you okay. played in like an Is It style control or a Grixis style control deck, right? What kind of control deck wants to half its life total every turn? The kind that has burn spells in it that casts a Devil's Play the next turn. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, by the time you would play a Havoc Festival, who knows how many Thragtos they've already resolved. Yeah. The thing costs Pro six. Probably one. So it's already one past theirs. Well, we're going to play Key Ruins and Accelerate. Cool. So you're still a turn behind because they Farseeked. Well, fuck. <laughs> like, I don't know what to well, tell you then. I, I would rather find my answer in another Rakdos card in Slaughter Games. Slaughter Games is very good. I played Nevermore on my board. Nevermore is a really good answer for the white decks, and not only, and especially the the little tiny, the one with tiny men. Yeah. You you put your first one on Supreme Verdict. You put your second one on Thragtusk, and you give your opponent the finger as you jam Dahlia into their pie hole for the rest of the match. Because that's how it happened pie. to me. Oh, it all comes back to pie. Like Meddling Mage was like I'm I'm as a control player, I'm liking Nevermore more and more. Because the thing about Meddling Mage was that it just died to everything. Yeah. And Nevermore doesn't die to everything. No. It actually dies to very few things. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, you can't swing with it, which is fine, but, you know, I don't really play decks where I want to swing, so. I was actually brewing a deck this evening that had zero creatures. Uh, no, yeah, one we're not we don't want to talk about a Casby brew. Oh, well, I'll talk about uh, it later. I don't mean, worry about that. It wouldn't be a... It wouldn't be a Scrubland podcast without some brew from Chris Casby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'll do it later. But uh, <laughs> it was looking pretty bad in, in an awesome way. Um, I don't know what you guys know about five color mono decks, but I'll, I'll put up a brew later. <laughs> check it, check the Scrubland Facebook page. Yeah, and uh, which we lost a like from. What the fuck, you guys? Uh, Eric Brown already owned up to that. Yeah, that was me. Eric Brown, you <laughs> unliked the podcast? No, not really. Uh, to be fair, he never liked it. So. Aww, <laughs> no, totally did. Come on. Oh. Uh, so, um, I don't know. Basically, in closing, I guess we could probably get ready to wrap up here. Yeah, we're, we're about done. Um, Thrag Tusk is everywhere. I like it. It's fine. I don't think I would ever play it because I just hate that type of thing. Can I quote you on that? Chris what? Casby likes Thrag Tusks. But would never play it, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, we could, I could put an ellipses at the end of the quote. Well, I traded <laughs> off a bunch of cards, I sold a bunch <laughs> of cards, and I was looking at a bunch of cards that I had, and I was just like, I've been playing Magic again here now for a while, and there's cards I just know I'm never going to sleep up. Like, Giraffe's Messenger, I'm probably never going to sleep up. I got rid of those. Like, Falconrath the Aristocrat, I'm probably never going to play that card, so I got rid of those. I'm just not a red zone guy. Like, <laughs> so, and Thrag Tusk is a card that I felt like I was just not going to play. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, Thrag Tusks are everywhere, um, but the metagame's wide open. Like, like I, I, I am very, very surprised by the top eight of this, of this tournament. Just because the way that the field looked with all the dudes slugging it out, and maybe it's just a symptom of, like, those are the games that take the longest, and you never saw the, the Rakdos decks play. Because they their match they finished rolled. in two minutes yeah, and they, they got up and had yeah, a cigarette. They're yeah. all done in twenty five minutes, but you know, so like it might have just been that, but it looked like a lot of decks 
were going real long and there were a lot of draws. So, well, and yeah, that's and actually that's exactly why the top eight looks like the way it does because all those guys that went to time and had all those draws either got the shit kicked out of them by those fast aggro decks or drew themselves out of contention. Right. So, so it's not that surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, but is so if you're playing in a Star City event that's only eight rounds. Feel free to play slow-ass Thraktos decks, but if you're playing a 16-round Grand Prix, maybe think about not drawing yourself out of contention. Well, I think like, I think still play your slow-ass Thraktos deck, but my God, play a little bit faster. Yeah, I mean, at understand that you're yeah. playing a grindy deck. Like that's the thing. People just showed up today with decks that they either got from a friend or they got off the internet, and they just like having never played a Thraktos, you're not gonna like you're not gonna play fast. You're gonna yeah. you know like a lot of the control decks, especially like. You know, you're going to try to drink out your lines of play. Reed Duke's a good enough player, practices enough on Moto that he knows his lines pretty well. He knows what he needs right. to do. He knows all the cards in his yard. Now, if Reed Duke, Reed Duke ships you a list and you just look at it, sleeve it up, and just try and play it naked, you'll play probably it raw. Go, you're going to go to time. You're going to go to time in every fucking game. You're not going to lose that game because the deck is good, but you're not going to win it either. So, nice life. So, um, and, yeah. I Like, I had that issue with the, with the Nafala Drown Yard deck in the same way because it, with with me it was um, it was Snapcaster Mage that my, like the and I saw this happen with the Blue White Flash deck too is that you have a you have a graveyard that's 20 or 30 cards deep and you draw a Snapcaster Mage you have to pick up your graveyard and look through all the cards and that just takes time and if you don't know what your deck is and what it needs to do you're gonna take a long ass time figuring out what the best way to approach. You also know that like what your deck is. is. Like you can also just on your opponent's turn when he's in the tank, just take a sec. You can separate your graveyard into relevant piles. Yep. You're allowed to reorder your graveyard, right? right. Absolutely. Standard, and anything can. where anything ahead of Urza's block. Yeah. Okay. So modern and standard and limited. Right. Feel free to rearrange your graveyard. Exactly. Okay. And just put it into relevant piles so you don't have to dig every turn when you have a Snapcaster, when you have Lingering Souls, when you have Forbidden Alchemies. Just put them in relevant yeah. piles. I, I'm still of the opinion I spread out my graveyard so I can just give it a quick glance. Right. Well, that also... Helps. My graveyard is often larger than my battlefield. Well, I'm saying it's that, just that spread helps out your opponent. Right. Yeah. It, it does. Like, your opponent also should be able to see your yard. I'd like, feel free to put it in a, in a little-ass pile if you have to, but... If you're really trying to maximize the amount of time the game takes, or, you know, like, minimize, I guess is the right word. <laughs> um, maximize your efficiency. Yeah, spread out that graveyard so that you can see all the cards, your opponent can see all the cards, and you don't have to be handing it back and forth and picking it up and looking through it all the time. Like, it's little things like that. Those seconds that, add up when yeah. you're seeing seven or eight Snapcasters in a match. Right. Like, that, that time adds up real quick. So... But, um, yeah, I mean, like, Baltimore's coming up in a couple weeks. Who knows if I'll go, but... Um, I'm going to battle. It looks like, you know, uh, it's, it's got definitely open. Like, you know, the, the new decks that we're seeing, like, definitely lets us know that, you know, there's, it's an open metagame. You can play pretty much any card you want as long as you can deal with certain... Like, if you can deal with drag test, basically, is what it comes down to. So am I allowed to play Havoc Festival? You're allowed to play Havoc Festival if you See, can somehow offset the fact that you're going to be taking half your life total every turn. Well, they lose half their life total, too. I mean, they lose theirs first, but yeah. they may have already played a Thraktos. Okay, but then they have more life. It turns out half is... Still uh, half? Yeah, well, but it scales. Yeah. 
like half is a scaling number, so you know. Well, the, the issue there is that our, our they're num- making your half smaller than their half, <laughs> so they can, can swing the five very quickly. <laughs> they also can swing. Well, five. well, obviously you don't just play it and th- like get yourself killed, like. Some, like, like, think about it a little bit before you just jam the card. Play it in, in, in like, an orc, oh, an I got six mana and an empty board. Check out my Havoc Festival. I'm not a fucking idiot. Like, I mean, <laughs> you did just advocate the playing of a Havoc Festival, <laughs> so you may actually have to amend your statement with with I am a fucking idiot. Yeah, exactly. Um, it wouldn't be the first card I was wrong about, Jason the Sculptor. Uh, thanks for listening to the Scrubland Podcast, episode number 71. Oh, I gotta Victory, give a shout out real D-Sale, quick. D-Sale, Chris Casby, and Eric Brown. Chris Casby, final thoughts. Shout uh, outs. Shout outs. Uh, so Chris Rush was a, a fan of our podcast. And, uh, you know, who knows this one, if this one's actually even going to make it out to wax, if he'll get the shout out or not. But it's a little rainy, so I don't know if the sound quality on this is going to be good. But um, he, uh, I, I was on Moto one day. And he was on Moto, and I text, you know, messages. I was like, "Hey, man, are you recording for your podcast?" Because he's got this one called Tap and Sack. And uh, so he's like, "Recording the cast? You're recording videos?" Because he records on YouTube too. I was like, "Well, I thought he would just record videos since you're on Moto." So he's like, "No, man, just Skype in. We're recording our cast right now." Oh, so, this is the most ridiculous story. I couldn't figure out. I'm an I'm an idiot. I'm I, number of times I've said this. I'm just a retard. So I, I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I've, I've got Skype here. Like, what do I do? He's like, well, you have to make an account. So I made an account. And then I was like, okay, well, what do I do now? He's like, well, just sign on. And I was like, okay. So I signed on. I was like, can you hear me? He's like, no. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. Is there, is there a microphone here? He's like, well, there should be one built into your computer. And I was like, I can't figure it out. So no, like, I've seen Chris Casby's computer. It does not have <laughs> a built-in microphone. That shit, no. <laughs> so I actually just, I have earbuds and a headset, uh, and a, a regular earphones that you would have plug into like a, a Walkman, not a fancy gamer one with a microphone. I have one that's just like not a broken right. headset that James Clear just broke. So I, they're sitting there on the desk. So I plug it into the microphone jack, and I talk into it. And into I was like, the, into the you? headphone. No, I, into the microphone. Yeah, I'm talking into the, the to the headphone earmuff. Into the headphone earmuff, not and, like the part that sound comes out of. <laughs> So I was like, can you guys hear me? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. I'm a genius, retard. You're, you <laughs> you literally used backwards technology. Yep. I, I used the fact that I'm using bunk-ass earphones as microphone. So but, uh, Tap and Sack is the name of the show. Tap and Sack. They, um, uh, they are... We may, we may or may not be Skyping in with them more often just because... I mean, I had a good time. They were, uh, they were like, funny. They were just trolling yeah, each other mostly. And, like, uh, well... I'm saying our show is probably not going to come out very regularly anymore because we have logistical issues. That Caspi's lazy and Diesel lives in Williamsburg. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna like we're gonna try to do this more often, but uh, you know, we might guest spot on top of Zach. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Eric Brown, final thoughts. Uh, fuck everything about South Carolina. That's that's pretty much my weekend. <laughs> oh, that was another thing. All the, the the fucking Miss South Carolina. Oh, the Miss South Carolina pageants. Oh, yeah. Two oh, pageants. Two pageants going on there was, on top there was, of the Grand Prix. Uh, pedophile Paradise and <laughs> um, what was it? Uh, Milf's Paradise, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then just the regular hot girls for no, regular Miss I, South Carolina. I would call that one like Daddy's Little Girl pageant, right? What? Because they were all stuck up prudes. 
and I don't know if they're prude. I didn't ask them to have sex because they're 12. No, with vaginas that tight, they've never been hit. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. I'm sorry. Go on, Eric. <laughs> well, he just said fuck everything about South well, Carolina. I will say the maybe girls in South Carolina are very good looking. Yeah, maybe not everything. Fuck everything about that tournament. Yeah. It was just, just a series of bad decisions led to a very miserable time, and then Baltimore should be much better. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm playing nickel bullets. Hell or high water. Hell or high. I mean, whether he ever gets into play or not, that might be. He'll be in my seventy-five, and that'll make me happy. Nickel bullets always makes it into play. Um, you know what would go really well in the nickel bullets deck? Uh, Havoc festival. False. Those cards are made for each other. No, I'm, I'm good on Havoc Festival. Uh, I will pass. <laughs> I will say I like Grizzlebrand in, in uh, Pick a Bullet Stacks. All right. Uh, D-Sale, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, D-Sale, final thoughts? I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun. I picked up a deck I'd never played before, except I'd actually played it for years. And that's what I like about Magic, is that the cards change, but the strategies don't. And also... This tournament had some people on it, like, the people we were in our group, I didn't know all of them, and it was really nice that Magic is a game that everybody speaks the same language, and that even though I don't know you all that well, we can still have a conversation and talk and be friends. Sorry, mine was, my final thoughts are really lovey-dovey. Also, there was a rainbow. And then we ran over that deer carcass. We did run over a deer carcass uh, at like 80 miles an hour. <laughs> all, right, dog, all right, so we have to give them another uh, story. Right, that's what uh, that's what people are tuning in for is these right, fucking stories. All right, fine. All right, so we're like driving to South Carolina at like it's, it's four in the morning, like easily four in the morning, because we leave after F and M because we're geniuses. You're maniacs. So we leave after F and M, and we're on the road and we're flying. Diesel's passing a semi. And all of a sudden, on a bridge, on a bridge, <laughs> all of a sudden, he's just like, oh, fuck. And I'm like, I look up from, like, huh? I don't know, masturbating, I guess, whatever the fuck I was doing. And uh, I was come like, on, oh, shit, on. there's just a carcass of something in the middle of the fucking road. Diesel drives a Honda Fit. Okay. Yep. So, like, on average, it's elevated off the ground about three inches. Yep. Okay. Casby uh, weighs 300 pounds easy. So we're at like, we're <laughs> so, like two and a half inches. So yeah. we're already riding pretty low. And Casby's in the front seat. So we're riding especially low. Not to mention Alex in the back seat. Like, clobbered the fuck out of that thing. Pull over to get gas in 20 minutes, and his whole front end's just covered in blood. It, it was really gnarly. <laughs> I was like, guys, I'm going to pump gas. Can you go up to the front of the car and give me a damage report? <laughs> Dear face! And, yeah, like... I had to, like, get under the car to, like, make sure that there wasn't, like, it, like, Serious real, damage. like, real damage, and I had to, like, pick, I didn't tell you this, I had to pick out a little bone. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, you told me it was, like... No, it, I told you it was the air filter. It was, it was a little bone that was, that was jammed up in there, gross. and that's why I was making that flapping noise, so... Jeez. Yeah. Um, Poor Bambi. Uh, that thing was like Bambi's dad. Bambi's dad. That was, yeah. that was that was probably a good couple hundred pounds of flesh we jumped over. Yeah, but uh, so, we made it. Cars fine, intact. Yep, somewhat. And I got to drive a bloody car around all weekend because yep. luckily it's been raining all weekend. There, so there was, the authorities will have no questions. Uh, like, yeah, like there was magic to play. I don't have time to get my car washed. Right. Like if there if there had been a <coughs> if there had been the little squeegee at the gas. Never mind. No, I wouldn't. 
<laughs> I was about to say that I would consider. The gas station that we pulled over to was pitch black. Oh, God. Uh, it was the only business, like, within, like, two miles. We pulled off on the interstate. This place, just we pull off this pitch black ramp into this pitch black gas station. And all, the only light that we see for miles is just the little light on the register of the, the pump. Of the, of the pump. pumps, yeah. So we pull up, and nobody's I'm, there. While I'm on the ground looking underneath of it, there are, this car pulls up and just parks behind us. Like... <laughs> and just like, like they, creep mode. Like they don't get out, they don't turn the lights off, they don't turn like they're just chilling in their car sitting there. But and I was like I stand up and I'm like, oh shit, are we about to get killed? And it's just a guy and his girlfriend like in their car, just hanging out. Oh, also the pump, for whatever reason, was pumping at such an incredibly slow rate that I only got one gallon of gas. <laughs> before I said fuck it. And backed like, up to the other one. <laughs> and backed up to the other one. And then almost hit the people that were parked behind us. So, yeah. Like, yep. So, all kinds of value here in South Carolina. That's what you can expect is creepers and dead deer. With any luck, another beauty patch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and free booze from 5 to 7. Not that hotel was unreal. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for the show, you guys. Uh, email us, scrublandpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter, scrublandcast. And as always, like us on Facebook. That's where we put our deck lists and other things that cross our minds. Um, this feels good. We should do this more often. We should. We should. Thanks, Eric Brown. Thanks for having me. And uh, we will uh, catch you guys later. Goodbye.